episode 15, One Golden Moment Podcast, Justice L. Santos, Rory O'Toole. Uh, we got a podcast, uh, just another run-of-the-mill podcast. Just, uh, yep, nothing happened. Talking Cal basketball, nothing of note happened, and you know, business as usual. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we're going to get into it. Um, let's. Okay, who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? My God. It happened! It happened! Not once, but twice! Back to back. Where's Drake? Where's Drake? Where's the Meek Mill diss? It, ladies, gentlemen, non-conforming people, it finally happened. (laughs) Cal men's basketball has not just won one basketball game, but two basketball games, and that right there is a winning streak. Honestly, yes. In the Pac-12 universe, two wins in a row is a winning streak. After going two months without winning a single basketball game, being the laughing stock of the Pac-12, if not Power 5 programs, now don't get it twisted, they still kind of are the laughing stock of Power 5 programs, and especially the Pac-12, but Calman's basketball has won two games in a row. And they haven't just won two games in a row. Oh no, it's far more than that. Roy, who did they beat? On Thursday night, what what team? I, I heard it was some some team that's pretty good. Yeah, you know, only the number twenty fifth ranked team in the nation, number twenty five, Washington. One of the, the best te- defenses in the nation. The team that came into that game with one conference loss, and that one conference loss came against Arizona State. Cal beat the mighty Washington with Matisse Thybul, who I think is the player of the year and the defensive player of the year. Jalen Noel, someone who I can think can be a player of the year in the future. Noah Dickerson, David Crisps, Dominic Green, Nas Carter, a.k.a. Baby Hove. They beat Washington. It's, I don't know, I feel like I awoke from a cryo chamber in the wrong year that we won two conference games in a row. I don't know. Is Jalen Brown walking around here? <laughs> is Julius Randle walking around here? Is Jason Kidd walking around here? No. Did Who's Ivan walk around here? Jacob Orander. Okay. Living Justice legend. Justice suing. Connor Vanover. Grant Antisevich. Connor Vanover, otherwise known as Ghost Braid, according to Reddit. And That's the nickname. I Cody Martin. I'm still in. in I just call him Vanny. Vanny Pack. <laughs> That's, that's, fine. that's a jump shot? Yeah. I'm still kind of in awe that this happened. Like, but Yeah, no, it doesn't. It, it has probably going to be our worst podcast of the year because we just are completely speechless. Like, we could fill hours talking about how bad this team is to talk about back-to-back wins. I don't know what we're supposed to say. This changes everything we've been doing. Our whole shtick is gone. <laughs> to, to point to that shtick, I think it, it is worth noting with the wins over Washington and Washington State, it's official. I crunched the numbers, redid them three times. Cal's chance of a winless season or a winless record in conference, according to Ken Palm, the mighty Ken Palm, is now at 0.0%. Uh, you're not so tough now, Ken Palm, huh? I, I checked I the numbers. I you in the streets. I checked the numbers. You were talking um, a lot. Of, you're, you're talking a lot. I don't hear you talking now. So we're, I'm just going to... Ken Pomeroy, come at me. I'm going to sprint through these recaps so we can get to the bigger picture. Because we got a lot to say. Uh, we, we might be just speech we might just drool. It, it could go it, it could go either way. Cal yeah. is they're not Washington didn't win in football or basketball this season. 
So there's that. So Cal Washington, Cal 73, Cal 76, Washington 73. The upset. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what else there is to say. They, they upset number 25, Washington. Washington began the season ranked 25th. They had a pretty bad loss to begin. They spend the entire season climbing back to be number 25 again. This was their first game ranked 25th, and they're going right back out. Uh, Darius McNeil, 19 points. Connor Vanover with the career high, 18 points. Justice Suing, 14 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. David Crisp, 32 points, career high, 5 of 12 from the arc. Jalen Noel, 22 points. But a relatively quiet night. Matisse Thibel, four points on one of five shooting. Hamir Wright, no points on no shot attempts. Noah Dickerson, only eight points. Uh, Dominic Green didn't have the best of games, six points. He also took a very ill-advised 40-footer uh, with about 12 seconds left. That would have tied up that game. And, again, I'm just going to breeze through the Cal-Washington State game. Cal 76, Washington State 69. C.J. Ellaby with 20 points and 10 rebounds. Robert Franks with 18 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, Paris Austin, 12 points, 6 rebounds, and 3 assists. Matt Bradley, 9 points, 6 assists. Uh, Connor Vanover and Justice Suing both with 10 points apiece. Matt Bradley, as I mentioned, 9 points. Juwan Harris-Dyson with 9 points. Uh, Andre Kelly, a little confident, 5 points. Antisevich with 4. Everybody that touched the floor scored at least one bucket, which is beautiful to see. So that was a, a, an absolute sprint to get through this. <laughs> so now we got to actually talk about these games. How, where do we even start? I really don't, I genuinely don't know where to start because as you said, this kind of, our, in, our entire flow of the, like, the last 10 podcasts was that they would lose both games of a series or in the case of Stanford, they'd lose one. And then we would talk about the losing streak, and we get super morbid, for essentially. But I don't know. Where, where is there anywhere you want to? I, I guess don't know what to do with this feeling in my body of happiness <laughs> and just weird. I want. I don't want to say it's pride, but it's just good to see you know some improvement here, some progression. It's weird. To see everything we've been saying we want to see actually come to fruition a little bit. And not everything. Not everything. There's a lot but to be just desired. Enough. This is what sports is about in a lot of ways. Hating your team and then the minute they win, <laughs> professing your love and your undying loyalty. So it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride. <laughs> we can look at this from a game perspective and then we can look at it from a macro and spiritual and philosophical perspective because this has me in a bit of an existential crisis right now. I mean, what is Paul Pierce? What did, what's the famous Paul Pierce thing? I don't I don't want a taste. I want the the whole load. <laughs> is that sort of what we're approaching? <laughs> is this the madness that we've been <laughs> Is that um, real? Okay, I know I have a, that's real. I'll, I'll show you. I might even just throw it in here oh actually. Oh my god. This um, is a family podcast, Justice. Jesus. We're just getting a taste of them. I'm like, you know, I'm tired of getting a taste of them. I want the whole load. Here's a place. Here's a place that we can start, and it's it's days like this where I really wish we could talk for two hours. Um, did Cal win this game? I'm I'm referring to the Washington game. Did Cal win this game, or did Washington lose it? Can we get the Russell Westbrook reaction to that? <laughs> what? 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 With the side eye? What? Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How about that, podcast <laughs> listeners? Here's the thing. Cal shot 53% from three for the game. 66% in the first half. 55% from the floor overall. Um, I mean, that's as good as you can shoot. and Against Washington, too. Yeah. So I don't know if that's... Because to me, I don't know if Washington's defense was breaking down exactly. They just didn't expect these guys to hit the shots at the rate they were hitting at them. I mean, the stats would tell you that eventually there was going to be a regression to the mean, which there kind of was in the second half because they shot only two of six from three with 46% from the floor in the second half. So it did kind of return back to earth. But that first half was such an absolute dead-eye shooting display that I kind of want to give the credit to Cal. Yeah. Definitely right? cre- Yeah, definitely credit where credit is due because Cal shot the lights out. They scored 45 on Washington. Yeah. And essentially what they had to do in this game was they had to win this game twice. Yeah. Because in the first half... You know, David Crisp basically carried this team in the first half. I think he had 21 points. He really did. He had five three-pointers. And I had the feeling that David Crisp was... I think we were even talking about on press row, it was going to be another Benny Boatwright game. He was halfway to the 10 three-point mark. Oh, yeah. And early in this game, I just... I had the feeling that this was going to be a JV versus varsity game. Because there was a, there was a, there's a one play in particular where I think Matisse blocks, he blocks someone, gets the rebound, it's a three-on-one, he passes it to Noel, Noel does like an underhand scoop pass to Crisp. That was so sweet. Crisp does like this really saucy layup there. with some English, yeah. plus the foul. Ooh. And I see that play and I'm thinking, okay, they're going to run Cal right off the floor. But then Cal keeps shooting, and they keep hitting shots. And... I'm thinking, okay, they got to regress to the mean. So they do in the second half, but then so does Washington. And Yeah, one of nine from three in the second half for them. And in the the first half ended, this game was 45-44. Nothing, essentially nothing had been accomplished in terms of winning a basketball game. So I guess from like a macro perspective, yeah, Washington did quote-unquote lose the first half 45-44. But then it's just basically okay. Now it's just a twenty-minute game. Yeah. Go score three more, uh, two more points. Yeah. Outscore them by two, and you win this game. But just as the minutes kept ticking down and ticking down, everything that I had known about this Washington team in terms of their defensive intensity, in terms of clamping down, and then that offensive fluidity when you have things flowing through Noel. And then even someone like Dominic Green and Nas Carter being able to contribute, Matisse every once in a while being able to knock down shots, they didn't feel like the Washington team that before that game that I expect was going to make a deep run in the tournament. Now, not only has my conception of Cal been destroyed, but my conception of Washington has just been completely obliterated. Yeah, it's hard to put into perspective how bad a loss this was just for the Pac-12 conference. (laughs) Like... (laughs) The national media ha- now has absolutely zero confidence or respect for the Pac-12. <laughs> oh yeah, basketball conference. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think on the floor. 
I don't remember seeing any huge defensive breakdowns by Washington. It was more like Vanover had a ton of mid-range jumpers in that game. Like, he kind of just found the soft spots in their zone and knocked them down. And, of course, he hit a few threes as well. And McNeil, you know, 4-7 from three. Um, but he was just on the wing. They, they were kind of giving him that shot. It was... They really didn't play that poorly on defense. They just... It was almost a bad matchup for them in a way, which I don't <laughs> want to say. It's such a cop-out answer, but... Vanover is a very hard player to defend. Uh, especially Dickerson. He's kind of slow on his feet. And there's... I, I guess they could have communicated better in the zone, but... He was killing Dickerson all night. He was way quicker... You stretching him out, bring him down low. Well, this is what I said the first time we covered Washington when Vanover barely played. Like yeah. I think he got four minutes. It may have well has yeah, been that was a DNPCD. Season, I think. And yeah, and it was right after the Washington State game where he started. And I'm thinking, you have the perfect counter to the zone. You have a seven foot three guy. No one's gonna be able to block him. Now throw him out there. And that's exactly what happened yeah. in this game. I remember a possession very distinctly where Vanover got the ball, I think, at the right elbow, goes up for a jumper. Matisse contests it, and literally any yeah. other player in the Pac-12... going to be a block. Any other player, whether that's Benny Boatwright or Paris Austin, that is a block. Yeah. And Vanover just shoots right over him. I don't remember if he made it or not, but I just remember thinking, if, Vano- if Matisse Steibel can't block that shot, who's going to contest it? Yeah. And no one could. And I think I counted, I even asked... Vanover about in the post game. I think he shot nine or ten mid range jump shots. And that was all in that weird space between the corner and the paint. Yeah. By the baseline. Like he that was like a soft spot in their zone that he found. I think Josh <laughs> friend of the program, former sports editor Josh Ewan, I think he even tweeted out uh, not too many people can perfect that uh, baseline mid-range jump shot. No. <laughs> Some that's very- a, honestly, that's like a move for like a fifth-year senior. Like, figuring out the zone, I'm going to find the soft spot here. Some very high praise. Yeah. I'm Ghost Braid, man. He's a... Uh, <laughs> Ghost Braid. I don't know if he has x-ray vision. I'm still not totally sure he's human. He may be of alien species. He may be seen 12 steps ahead of us average human beings. I don't know. But definitely, definitely credit where credit is due, but... I do have the suspicion because Mike Hopkins was not happy. I think the suit jacket came off three minutes into the game. And I think we we mentioned a while ago how Murray Bartow, after the UCLA game, was furious. I think Mike Hopkins, if there was a wall, he might have punched a hole through it. Yeah, well, he just... (laughs) He knows what this meant. Like, there's potential that they don't make the tournament because of a loss like this. That's how serious a loss <laughs> That's how bad Cal is in the eyes of the committee and everyone is just like, if you lose to Cal, you don't really deserve to go to the tournament. I mean, at the best, they're going to be in the first four playing games, right? Like, potentially. <laughs> like They're going to go to Dayton, Ohio and have to play into the tournament. Like, this is not what he wanted. So then let's think about this. Let's, let's shift to the Pac-12 tournament now because now the tournament... For Washington, well, not even just for Washington, now the tournament in general just becomes a whole lot more interesting because my thought process was, if we imagine a world real quick where Washington beats Cal and who like they, they may lose a second game, but 
They don't lose to Cal. Let's just imagine. Yeah. They go into that tournament with maybe two losses. Even if they don't win, more likely than not, they're the closest thing to a shoe-in. Because of their winning streak, because of how Matisse Thibel just solidified one of the best defenses in the nation, yeah, the Pac-12 isn't going to do them any favors in terms of how bad it was, but more likely than not, they were pretty much a lock. Yeah. Now they are not a lock. They are not. They can, even if they win out, even if, yeah, even if they win out, that loss hurts. And now you're looking at a scenario where they may not... It just hurt. It is... (laughs) I cannot losing to Cal is the worst thing you could do as a college basketball program next to admitting you're paying your players <laughs> in front of a microphone like this yeah. is the one of the worst teams I mean we've covered it ad nauseum but this is legitimately one of the worst college basketball programs like runs in modern history um so to lose to Cal and then not even not, not even Washington losing to Cal. Arizona, the same day, hours before, Arizona yep. State got washed by Oregon. I think it was 28 points. Yeah. And this is a not good Oregon team. Like, they have Louis King. Which also meant that Washington had clinched the Pac-12 title before the oh, game yeah. started. And that, so they so were, maybe they were feeling themselves a little bit. I did read a Seattle Times article that they were in no mood to celebrate so <laughs> now going into Vegas this just gets a whole lot more interesting because it's we, we've joked a lot about okay this the Pac-12 is going to be a one-bid league but assuming this loss to Cal doesn't happen Washington's probably a, Washington's probably the closest thing to a lock and then Arizona State's on that bubble but now both Washington and Arizona, Arizona State State's need out. to win yeah and What's Joe Lenardi saying? We gotta find out. Um, I can't imagine anyone saying anything. This is such a bad good. case scenario for worst case scenario for um, the Pac-12 as a whole, though. Oh yeah. Care about the conference, like going forward, because people were saying Arizona State and Washington they need to they need to win out. You know, look strong heading into the tournament, or into the conference tournament and then you know the committee will reward them and then another team would win the conference tournament in vegas and then we'd have three teams that was the hope and that is not the case that is not (laughs) so we went the most we went from reaching on three potential teams to just one yeah and it's i'm super hesitant to still say it's going to be a one big lead one bid league just because this is a power five conference but at this point, you got to consider, like, even with these, like, mid-majors and small conferences, you got to consider that there's probably another team out there that's more deserving. Because... USF. USF, potentially. This is going to... All right. This, like, this next thing I'm going to say is going to sound, like, very, like, old school and, like, very, like, traditional, like, get off my lawn. Yeah. But, like, you got to come to play for every game. And yeah. a part of me thinks that just Washington State, they saw the 16 straight losses. They saw this historically bad team. Or and Washington, it, yeah. Yeah, Washington. Like, yeah. 99 times out of 100, Washington is beating Cal. And it yeah. just... That's why it makes no sense, it's, guys. It's, That's why this is probably our weirdest pod yet, because we don't know how to process this. Like, I remember after the Warriors... This is going to be a bad memory for both of us, just as Warriors fans. But I remember after they lost in 2016, uh, I couldn't process it. 
that just, we blew a 3-1 lead. Because it seemed so surreal. It was. Like, not even the fact that it was that they blew a 3-1 lead and they became the first team in the finals to also, do so. Also, both teams scored, like, 10 points in that last quarter. Not just <laughs> that, just but, like, game. seeing the city of Cleveland finally win a championship and seeing LeBron win in a Cleveland uniform, I'm just like... Yeah, it was too much. It was hard to just to process everything. And not to say that this is the same extent, like, in to take a super macro view of it, this is quote-unquote just a regular season game but do you remember what feeling you had immediately when the buzzer sounded i didn't think it was real like i legitimately didn't think it was real because the whole time i'm trying to talk myself into thinking this didn't happen and then when david crisp misses that game tying three i it's almost as if you're also writing the recap so it's just oh yeah can i mention this real quick yeah yeah go ahead so initially what the plan was was because we ran spe- two special issues in a row, which I also wrote a feature on Juwan Harris Dyson and his recovery from the flu, which is check it out. Which is a lot more interesting than it just it sounds. There's, there's my lead has to do with him uh, not yeah. being able to breathe, so I think that's pretty enticing. Anyway, back to the recap. The initial plan, because we did have two special issues in a row and we didn't want to kill our night department, yeah. was Washington's gonna wash Cal. I'm gonna write some of the recap today, finish it up in the morning, because like this is a school night for me too. And yeah. also, this game happened at eight o'clock, so. And we're we're in midterm season. Yeah, right this now. is prime There's midterm a lot season. Of stress we, and people are sick. We are student journalists, but we got to take liberties on the the student part of that. Yeah. So I'm thinking, okay, write some of it today, if not all of it. Refine it in the morning. Fact check. Put it up. Yeah. Now, because they won. I have to, so I did start writing it during the game, and I wrote it that it was going to be the same old story. Yeah. Cal comes out hot, they punch their opponent in the mouth, yeah. and then they ultimately falter. That's not what happened. I had to scrap my entire story, and then I write like this retrospective instead of just a straight, like, oh, Cal men's basketball upsets Washington, because I thought that wouldn't do justice to the story, no yeah. pun intended. <laughs> and so I'm in the press room. Shout out to. Another friend of the program and just general homie, Christy Aguilar. She sent me over the transcription, so that definitely helped. And I didn't leave the media room until midnight, and then I had to walk all the way yeah, to Yeah, I Foothill. remember I left. I was like, bro, you really going to write this all tonight? You're like, yep. I got home at like <laughs> 1.30. I don't think I slept and posted the recap until 2. And so that just led to like me further being like, did this really just happen? I And I woke up the next morning and I actually checked my phone to make sure I wasn't dreaming and yes, it did happen. So yeah, I had the same, the feeling I had was that feeling you probably had at three in the morning <laughs> when you're putting your head on your pillow and you're like, what? I'm so tired, everything's blurry. I don't know what's real, what's a dream. That was, it was surreal to see everyone run on the court and then like the flags going and McNeil's like flex into the crowd. I was like, "This isn't right." There's like been a tear in the space time continuum or something. Like we went into a parallel dimension, but apparently not. And what'd you say this after real. after the Cubs won the World Series? It just ripped a hole in yeah. the space time continuum. You guys, <laughs> the Cubs for that a lot of stuff is gone sideways now i don't know <laughs> and what a- what especially makes it so weird for me is that like <laughs> watch like washington is the epitome of what my favorite college basketball team is as much as i like zion and 
I'm not gonna say I like Duke, but as much as I like Zion oh, and just like, because he's a really good kid, and I like, yeah, you know, there's some good like one and dones like John Morant. He's not a one and done, but he's gonna be like a two and done. Yeah. As much as I like players being able to go out and get their money and be successful, I love the idea of four-year senior-driven college teams. So like Washington and Nevada and yeah. like what was the team? I get was UNBC a, a, a quote unquote veteran team and then yeah. Loyola last year like those veteran those are the funnest to me because there's more of a story, there's more of a connection. And just so that's to say, I watched a lot of Washington basketball and just saw how Matisse Thibel would just do things that other players couldn't do in their dream. I think he's probably going to be the first player in a Power Five conference to average three steals and two blocks since I think Nerlens Noel did it for Kentucky. Yeah. And then I'm also seeing David Crisp, who at one point in the Pac-12 was shooting 50% from three. And Noah Dickerson, who has, like, the sweetest post moves of anybody in this conference. And then Nas Carter, Baby ho, Baby ho. And then Dominic Green, Shiny Shoe Man, who will knock down shots from 30 feet. To see this team, this invincible team, just falter under this weird pressure against a team that had absolutely nothing to lose, that's what made it more surreal for me. I knew... Like, Cal winning in and of itself wasn't surreal, yeah. but Washington losing, that yeah. was the surreal part. Yeah, taking our own homerism out of it. <laughs> oh, man. I just Washington losing this is the equivalent of them, like, failing to show up to the game and forfeit because <laughs> they didn't feel like it. Um, and on, like, to, to go from just the human perspective of both sides, one – like to, to go from the Washington perspective first, it just kind of sucks. Yeah. Just from them because, you know, they, kinda sucks. they've been the... This is like... <laughs> this is the darkest timeline ever. This is... They've been essentially the one saving grace of the Pac-12. Yeah. And then, like, that's all gone. But then from the Cal perspective, as you mentioned, like... Oh, amazing. As, as people who have covered this team throughout the entire season... And seen them kind of just We've get had some dark moments here. On then this get podcast. curb stomped, and then you know, <laughs> losses to Washington State, losses to Fresno State, losses to Yale. Just to see them be able to cherish this win, it was a, especially that picture that they posted on Cal Bears with Suing and Bradley. Yeah, that it was a very. And then them giving the water, the water shower to Viking. Yeah. It was a very wholesome moment, and I just want to step back and say that, just you know as unbiased as I can as someone that does cover these guys it was just very it like made me smile in a way just yeah. to like see them it made it made me happy that they were so happy because yeah. like not often are you going to be so young and have to endure that especially have to face like national media just like getting on your throats about it and for them to just be able to cherish that one win well, I guess two wins now. Just being able to cherish that, yeah. and it's you know it's good to see them be able to smile. Like I'm a I'm a believer in just human happiness. Exactly. Uh, this is full. We're going full Bill Walton, full Bob yeah. Ross. But you know it's good to see and, that. Yeah. That's what sports is about. That's why you play the game. Can we cue the Herm Edwards right? <laughs> That's why you play the game. You play to win the game. <laughs> you play to win the game. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah it was especially good to see from guys, guys like Justice, who have been suffering with it not just for one year, but over his, his entire career here. It's just been terrible. Him and Darius and some of the other guys. But I think with all of this being said, with I think we got that was our wholesome segment. 
I think we should let's go a little. Yeah. Let's go a little back little, to our back to Earth. journalism. Well, do we want to go cynical first, or do we want to touch on this Washington State game a little bit? I think yeah. we, I think we should. We're about the we're about the twenty eight. I'm mark, so disappointed so. there wasn't a fight. We, I this was game so, was chippy. So ready for a fight, guys. This game was chippy. That so, would have been the perfect like ending to this season if we just had a massive brawl. <laughs> like we have. What do you think? Quick two minute tangent. Okay, who in a fight is going to be great? I um, like Matt Bradley's chances. Justice is too laid back. He's from Hawaii. Paris is from East Oakland. Okay, yeah, Paris is. <laughs> as another Oakland native said, he's about that action, boss. With the uh, youngsters getting high feet. Shout out to the A. Uh, shout out to Marshawn. I like Matt Bradley. What do you think Vanover's like? He's from Australia. He's. I'm pretty sure he's seen some things. Oh, Grant. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think Vanover's like though in a fight? I feel like, man, if. That guy's reach is going to be insane. I also think they kind of just go for the legs. Yeah, I guess they go for the, uh, the old leg sweep, yeah. Also, White King, the man can yell very loudly. I don't know if that translates into fighting acumen, but well, he, we, it's going intim- to intimidate me if he gives me a warrior cry. Yeah, right I'm going to say, you need someone to lead the battle cry. Yeah, I like our chances in a fight versus Washington State. Ernie Katz, <laughs> you know, he yells a lot, but he's he's old. He's got all that... I've been told that I do a lot of the hand motions. Dude, Ernie Kent's crazy. He, he's, he's just like... speaking sign language. <laughs> My God. But Chill yeah, out, dude. This game was incredibly chippy. Uh, CJ Ellaby got called for a tech. Terrace Austin got kind of a... Kind of a soft flagrant by my standards of what a flagrant should be. This generation's so soft. <laughs> you kidding me? In the old Big East. But there was a point when Ellaby hit this like... Fu running one-legged floater jump shot thing and one, and that's like the only. And he has something to say afterwards. Yeah. yeah. So and then there was also when the game was out of hand, Jawan like instead of dribbling the clock out, busts out a windmill, which is we've been saying that he might have been like highlight hunting, and he finally got it. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely highlight hunting. You know what? I fully support it, dude. Get get your highlights. You gotta show something to the kids. Yeah, you need to make a fire mixtape. Kids aren't gonna care about the layups. You know what? Sportsmanship is so overrated, guys. Let's. <laughs> I'm here for the windmills and the trash talk, but and the, the flopping. But then also with like two seconds left, Cal was gonna win. Ahmed Ali goes up for a three. Paris Austin comes out out of nowhere and blocks him. <laughs> he like, like cuts under him. The most, <laughs> I think that was more disrespectful than the Jawan windmill. Yeah. Just because, like, I see, like, it's been a frustrating season for Cal. Like, let out some of that anxiety, especially for Jawan, and for him to just like bust out a windmill. Especially his parents were in attendance. I did actually, yeah. actually saw his parents after the game and him. You know, yeah. dapped him up a little bit. So it was whoa 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 conflict of interest. Yeah, in that. It, we we can be separate, but also not hate these players. Yeah. We don't have to hate what? them. What? Wait, really? You <laughs> what? That's not what. It, well, I don't know. Oh yeah, Andrew Wilde's been telling me different. So, I don't know. Oh yeah, you gotta hate the players. Yeah, hate the players. Hate Cal. Hate <laughs> the players. Hate life. <laughs> Happiness. But yeah. babies, puppies, all of it. But yeah, so. With all of that, I just thought that I, I did ask Viking whether there would be like it felt a little tense. He said that it personally didn't feel tense. You know, that's just how basketball games go. But that's not the way we felt on press row. No, there was definitely. Uh, I don't know if, if it was a team wide thing. I think it was like specific players. It seemed like Ellaby, Juwan, 
Paris and Ali, like those four were the guys who were kind of taking exception to uh, certain plays on the floor there. But everyone else, I don't think, was super concerned with it. Yeah, Robert uh, Robert Franks in particular doesn't really strike Yeah, he me. doesn't seem to care. <laughs> not, not necessarily not care, but he doesn't strike me as the type to go out and punch someone in the face. No. Though if he did, I feel like that would, uh, that would level someone. But, you know, there were some bodies flying on the floor, some hard fouls. Yeah. I think Ellaby wanted it the most. He was uh, he was very animated. And you said his dad went to Cal. His dad went to Cal. So I don't know if there's some personal... A little personal. Yeah, I don't know. Trying Did to they like... recruit him or not? I wonder if he's pissed. I'm not sure. On, on a side tangent, I think that... If we didn't recruit him, that's a mistake. My God. Well, Washington did have, like, the home court advantage because he's from Cleveland High School in Seattle. Yeah. On a side tangent, I just want to say that... I think C.J. Ellaby has some very real player of the year potential. Not this season, but seasons from now. Uh, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. He is going to need a little more. Like, going forward, Robert Franks is gone after this season, but he is going to need a little more uh, help going forward just with this program. You can't be recruiting junior... Like, no disrespect to the junior college players on this team. And junior college students in general. Shout out to the transfers. Yeah. But... You're gonna need a little more. You're gonna need some. You're gonna need stars. to play Carter Skaggs. I was just gonna say that. We didn't, out there. We didn't see our guy Carter Skaggs. Quickest trigger in the West did not play DNPCD. Well, I don't know. If, I don't know if he was injured or not. Yeah, clearly, coach listens to the podcast and was like, "You know what? I'm gonna burn the one golden moment team. I'm not putting <laughs> Carter Skaggs out there. We're saving it for the tournament. Yeah. That's that was sort of the mentality. But to get back to the. I guess more of the macro, because mm-hmm. we're, f- we're focusing a lot on the micro right now, just how good these two wins felt. There's the question, and I think because the bar is so low, it is worth addressing a little bit. What, if anything, does or do these two wins change? Does anything at all change because Cal beat Washington and Washington State and didn't go winless in conference and especially because we've had these conversations about how the coaching decision could come down to finances mm-hmm. does this change anything does this give a little more incentive for Wiking to stay that's what I'm wondering because I think it's thrown this in a shredder yeah I I think Knowlton's made up his mind already uh-huh. I this is I think and the fan base definitely has made up their mind but, well, okay, let me backtrack a little bit. I think Knowlton made up his mind heading into the Washington game. But after this weekend, you know, recency bias standing, I think it definitely makes this conversation a little more nuanced. Well, because, I think it gets to that level if they beat Stanford. That's what I was going to say yeah. next. Because, yeah. you, you know, any given Thursday, that's, that's what Josh likes to say. Any, <laughs> every, any given Thursday, a team can win. But... Because right now... I mean, okay, you upset uh, Washington. That happens in college basketball. That's not unprecedented. And then you beat the second worst team in the Pac-12. Uh, I mean, that's not that's not crazy. That that shouldn't move the needle as far as the coaching change. But if you beat Stanford in Stanford at Stanford and maybe in convincing fashion, and then let's say you even win a game or two in the Pac-12 tournament. Then, I think it's time to have the conversation. Right now, it's like I think he should still go. He hasn't shown enough. 
It's just two games. But if you beat Stanford in Stanford and you make a bit of noise in the conference tournament, I mean, how can you not have the conversation? Yeah, it's kind of... It you have does to at least consider it. It does bring into question if these guys can just like on a random night beat Washington. Because may, maybe in a strange, in a very strange way, this further solidifies why he should go. Because it's like if these guys just on talent alone can beat Washington and then follow it up by beating a rather top heavy Washington State team, which yeah. I know did have the benefit of. Robert Frank's not having the best games in the world. Yeah. CJ Ellaby taking a lot of shots, and then Jeff Pollard, their lone rim protector, not being there. Yeah. But even at that, it does bring into question: okay, if they have the talent to just do this on a random, like, on a random weekend, then what might they be able to do with a more competent head coach? So, in a strange way, it might further solidify why That's he true. should go. In a very strange way, yeah. it's like you won, congratulations, but. It, Where's this been? Where's this yeah. been all season? And then especially when you consider some older games of this season, I know like the Yale game is one that gets pointed to a lot, but then a game like Cal Poly, it, yeah. if if the talent... Or Santa Clara or San Jose State, yeah, just way closer than... Like if be. the talent to beat Washington is there, then why are Cal Poly and San Jose State not being blowouts? Yeah. Because I think we both thought those would be blowouts. Oh, completely. And then it takes a Paris Austin game winner to win that game. Yeah. So, and I think that was a one point game. So if Paris Austin misses, I think they lose. Oh yeah. So. It's um yeah no that's a good point. I mean there's a lot of evidence for why he should go. I mean what's his overall record now as a coach? He's got to be four and. Well, in conference play, yeah, they've he's won. Okay, so yeah. last year they won eight. This year they won so fifteen. Neither of us are math majors. Fifteen and forty-six, that's their overall. Yeah, record. that's that's not. Well, what is your philosophy? Because you hear a lot of people say you got to give everyone three years in whatever job they have, especially when it comes to coaching. There's like a, this rule of thumb that you need three years before you can judge a coach. Do you think there's any stock in that? Do you think? Do you foresee next year? Cal making a leap if they like finish this season super strong. I can't believe we're having this conversation right now. Yeah, where this, are we? This is a, <laughs> my god. This is a legitimate like I'm. Please, I'm if, trying. If to, this is a simulation. I need them to stop right now. I'm trying to take my. Let's go. I want to take my time with this question. I'm trying to to think of that <laughs> because I just natu- like me like I like to see both sides of any particular scenario. Um, three years. I mean, hey, Bill Walsh went two and fourteen his first season, eh? Uh, <laughs> so okay, so I think you do. So this is going to be both sides of it. I think on one end of the spectrum, yeah, you do need to give a head coach time to develop players. You know, for all we've said about developing players, you need time to develop players. You need time to build a culture, and after that, you know, seeing that little water shower, you know, it, it seems like. They like being around each other, and Viking talks about love. And then he even mentioned the post game press conference after the Washington game that guys were like a little more affectionate and like yeah. dapping each other up a little more. The hugs were like a second longer. So in terms of them, just like the like the vibe I get from just general team bonding, I th- 
feel as if that's kind of strong. And I feel it does like seem weirdly strong. Like, yeah, the team is like close for it. I thought they'd hate each other to be honest. For as bad as things have been, it's like this has been a very coherent unit, and you see yeah. that like against like a like a UCLA game or like a Stanford game, like yeah. to be able to take those blows and still be able to compete. So I think there definitely has been a culture that's been built in which you know a positive culture. But on the other end of the spectrum, you also have to like for all that culture building. Culture can only take you so far, and we've seen that with this season. Like, they may have a strong culture, but you also have to see another very important aspect, which is development. We've talked about this ad nauseum. Yeah. You know, and they're, I think they're... Actually, I was, was going to write that off initially, but when I see like Matt and Connor particularly, like now granted these are only two examples, so and it's not the end all be all. But I think that them in particular have been a strong case for team development. Because you see Matt, he's evolving a little more as a playmaker. And you see Connor who has gone from playing eleven minutes to playing what, twenty eight minutes tonight and being he had like you see the potential for him to just be a problem in a couple years. But then again, it's like, what about Justice? What about Darius? What about Paris? I will say Darius had one of those watershed games because he was taking it to the rack. I mean, he only shot one of six from three. Yeah, one of six. So yeah. that means he shot But he seven still had a great ten. game. Like, you would have never known he shot one of six. Like, the dude was taking it to the rim, like, with ease. Get by his man. I think he had a dunk. Um Oh no, we it was in the fast break. I said I wanted him to dunk it and he just laid it up. Yeah. I saw him doing some windmills and uh yeah, he's athletic, dude. So I mean I mean, I don't know. Is that development to you? Or was that just a function of we're just you know I think it, sure he doesn't shoot the three. It helped that yeah. Washington State didn't have Jeff Pollard, who was their yeah, only rim protector. That's because true. Washington State was relatively small on the floor. Super small. It was shocking how much bigger Vanover was than everyone <laughs> on Washington State. And then McNeil was just generally quicker than yeah. everyone else out there. So I'll be more inclined to believe in McNeil's progress as a slasher. Small sample size, guys. Small sample size. <laughs> I'll be more inclined to believe it if he's doing this against Josh Sharma on Thursday. Yeah. Because Josh Sharma's a big boy. Yeah. He's not, as, as Viking said about Stanford, got a lot of length. length. A lot of length. A lot of length. Dejon Davis, <laughs> Casey Alcala, Oscar De Silva, uh, Cormac Ryan, who may be another candidate for quickest trigger in the West. Yeah, he's up there. We need to get a three-point comp. We need, like, the, the Pac-12 version of, like, All-Star Weekend. We do. No, but I'm just – I am one – I can't believe I'm saying this, but I could see a scenario in which we finish super strong and steal a win or two in Vegas and Knowlton just saying – Hey, you know, maybe there's something here. Maybe we'll give him time in the third year. Maybe if it goes badly, maybe we fire him midseason. I don't know. And if that does happen, I'll give credit where credit is due. Because we've been bashing the guy all year. (laughs) So, I still feel like he should be fired. I still feel like he should go. But my opinion is known to change. Based on results, I think that's okay. I think we should all change our opinions. As long as we acknowledge them, dynamic. As long as we acknowledge them, we don't we don't fake the funk. Yeah, we don't believe that we don't believe in something. 
Even if he, I mean, I personally want to keep him around, but I'm just saying with the financial situation that we've talked about and just Knowlton's disposition, I could see him letting Vikings stay the year, which is a crazy thought. Even a week ago, this is unbelievable. (laughs) It's reasons exactly like this that I booked an extra day for Vegas. Oh, is that why? Is that this is exactly why? Huh? Well, I'm hey huh? hey huh? I'm I'm 20 years old. Hey, I'm legally yeah, not allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> where's the birth certificate? Yeah. I'm legally not allowed to <laughs> to engage certificate. in an alcoholic beverage, mm-hmm. at least not yet. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't I don't drink anyway. We, we, we we've documented this. <laughs> well done. We have <laughs> only pounds Red Bulls. Oh Life yeah, of a writer. Red Bull, where's the drop the bag? Yeah, please, please drop the we bag like on on Red ads. Bull. Yeah, but uh. We're about at the forty-five minute mark. I don't. Do we have any final thoughts? Are we Are we sure that we're actually here right now in this yeah. moment? Yeah. Uh, it has me questioning my existence. This is a very existential podcast. Yeah. Whether we're all living in the same reality here, whether I'm crazy and everyone's just humoring me, and this is all an elaborate Truman Show type <laughs> deal right now. This is bizarre. This is so oh, bizarre, yeah. guys. We just talked about liking possibly staying. <laughs> After like, spending entertain the thought after spending an entire season of basically saying he's gone, that's why you got to listen to the podcast. That's you see this, us grow as individuals. This is why we play. We learned it's so wholesome, it's so beautiful. I'm gonna be honest. I can't wait till next week. Next week's podcast. Oh man, especially if something goes down in Stanford. Yeah, at Stanford, it was a great game last time. It w- and they just. Bar, like forgetting about when Stanford just killed Cal in the yeah. Vegas, which was not not the funnest game if you're a Cal fan. No. But every regular season game under Jared Haas and Viking has been competitive. All of them, all True. three of them. True. And you know, I think the fact that Cal is not going into that game winless takes away a little of the edge because I think that if that was the case going into that game, it would have just amplified the tension tenfold. Yeah. But I think it's... There's still just a matter of pride. I don't think Stanford's going to go super far in the tournament, but you never want to lose to Cal. You never want to lose to Stanford. What was what did I say after Ink Bowl? Without Cal, there is no Stanford. And without Stanford, there is no Cal. They're That's just... beautiful. They're bonded together. Yeah. You can't write the history it's of like either of them. So... Yeah. And especially with it being the end of the season, I kind of wish we had, like... I wish we weren't student journalists and we were just straight-up journalists so we could record, like, five podcasts next week for the end of the season. Like, I want to go, like, end of the year, like, all-conference yeah. teams, player of the year. Yeah. We might we might start our own network. <laughs> we might have to go independent. You know how it is. We got to go full Chance the Rapper. Yeah, exactly. Full, full Jay-Z. Yeah. But, Baby I don't know. Ho, shout-out. Ho! But I guess with that being said, this has been episode number 15 of the has One Golden it? Moment Podcast. Guys. That's a great question. Has this really been episode number 15? I'm Are- sorry if this was a weird list for you guys because it's been a weird couple days for us to deal with the wins. Oh, it's, yeah. We don't know what's going on. It's just been a complete 180 from what we know from this team. Yeah. And... <laughs> I'm just- <laughs> Suffice to say, like, we just didn't expect it, just to go all the no. way back to the beginning. And you know you expect didn't it. expect it. No one expected it. Gun to your head, if you had to p- bet the mortgage on Washington 
You're betting Washington. Oh, hell yeah. Maybe Washington State, a little more up in the air, especially since Jeff Pollock wasn't playing, but you're not exactly feeling confident. No. But here we are. Here we Cal are. Cal is now 7-22. and 22, And to bring it back once again, it's not three games. It's two games, but that there, in the minds of some at least, is a winning streak. With that being said, Boom. this has been episode number 15 of the One Goal Month Podcast. Justice Del Santos, Rory O'Toole. We got two wins. Serena Carana, a.k.a. the Spice Queen, not with us physically, but with us in spirit. Always. The podcast would not be complete without her. Signing off. Night.